Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of your favorite podcast, Rock and Ramble. You are here with your host, Andrea. And Victoria. And we're back rocking out and rambling on. And today, we get to talk to you about the one and only... Leonard Skinner. Sweet home Alabama. Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Leonard Skinner is an American Southern rock band who gained their popularity in the 1970s and have continued to make music and tour. So their original members are Ronnie Van Zant. And I will say Van Zant is... One of those unusual last names, but it, it sounds really cool. He is not related to Towns Van Zandt. Oh, uh, okay. Who is the other, like, incredible musician, mm-hmm. um, but not related at all. And no relation. They have, other know, than Towns Van Zandt has a D before the T, mm. and Ronnie Van Zandt doesn't. Mm. Um, yeah. So he was, he's the lead singer, and he was kind of like the leader of this band. Um, there's another guy, Gary Rossington, who played guitar. Bob Burns did drums. Alan Collins also on guitar and like so many other bands there's so many people in and out of the band um so i'm going to kind of focus on those four originally and then there's going to be another point here where um the other people are going to kind of be a more important part to the story so these guys uh van zant ronnie van zant bob burns gary rossington they met in jacksonville florida in the summer of 64 and they met playing baseball and they got Alan Collins to join their band. So this is the first four guys. And they formed their first band in 1964, but they didn't call themselves Leonard Skinner until 1969. So they went through a couple other band names, but they started off as a band called My Backyard, which I'm <laughs> glad they ditched that because it's so boring. Um, but I've never known where Leonard Skinner came from. I just remember it as like a Y, like yeah, Y's, Y's everywhere yeah. and a bunch of consonants. Um and so, yeah, in place of any of the other vowels, it's a Y. Right. So they actually named their band after their PE teacher, Leonard Skinner. And <sighs> he apparently was like a really strict teacher and supposedly very hated within like this the student population as just being like too strict and just kind of always on them about something. Mm-hmm. And all these guys were, I mean, it's the 70s or well, about to be the 70s. So they've got long hair and oh, yeah. he's getting them in trouble. Like you're not supposed to have this. So they're getting in trouble all the time. So they were just like, Ugh. and so I kind of to mock him, they named the band Leonard Skinnerd. Hmm. And much later on, they become friends and they're cool with him and everything. And well, I would hope so. so. Yeah. <laughs> But I just thought that was funny because I was like, where did, what does that name even mean? I don't mm-hmm. even know, no idea where the roots could be. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's not even like an innuendo or anything. It's just like <laughs> after some guy they didn't like at first. Right. So they became a band in 1964, changed their name to Leonard Skinner in 1969, but they didn't record their first album until 1973, released their first album. And the album is just called Pronounced and it has like, the pronunciation form where it has like the markings of the letters and the breakdown. Yeah. That's the name of the album. And so after that, they opened for the who and that's where they got a lot of recognition and a lot more fans because apparently, and I, I, again, it seems to happen in like a lot of the bands where they're like, Oh, no one had been as good as us at this live performance. And that's how so many bands (laughs) did gain a lot of fans, which I mean, maybe it's true for all of them, but, um, one of the guitarists in the interview was like, yeah, apparently other bands who had opened for The Who would a lot of times get booed off stage because like, oh. not at great, as great. Yeah. But they never did. That They were like oh. re- doing really well. 
um Good as the them. opening band for the who so yeah yeah so that's pretty cool and on their very first album they have some of their biggest hits that we know still today one of them being free bird mm. which is an absolute gem of a song yes Just so good and it's one of those songs that has great lyrics mm. and really timeless because it can kind of cross yeah. over really easily into the different genres and so quotable and i think it's been used in also a lot of funerals um along with many other things but that's Mm -hmm. how i see it and i always so we've talked probably like four episodes in a row now of um songs i would want played at my funeral and this is one of them and i'm sure it would not be like you know anything original but i love that song so much and um yeah so the lead singer ronnie van zant wrote it and he he mentioned that he was just like you know what's the freest thing there is and it's a bird and i just was really inspired by it and he spent they spend a lot of time mm-hmm. fishing and like out in nature and like stuff like that so mm-hmm. he was just inspired to write that one so i thought that was pretty cool nice the other one also from that album is simple man which Ugh. you have a yes. little yes extra connection to the song so i'll let you okay yeah so <laughs> um yeah, my mother-in-law chose Simple Band to be uh, her dance with Craig whenever we got married. That was her mother-son dance choice. And originally, <laughs> I'm sorry, Cheryl, if you're listening to this, but originally she had chosen like this, because she didn't really know. She was like, I don't know what song to choose. Mm-hmm. And like, so she had sent Craig this song. <laughs> it was like so so sappy and it was just I forget what song it even was but it was like I used to watch you like you know playing with your little toy trucks and Mm -hmm. like it was just it was very much like a song that was written for that moment like a lot Mm -hmm. of a lot of artists will write songs for Mm -hmm. like father-daughter dances and mother-son mm-hmm. dances and it was just, it was very sappy and craig was like oh yeah i don't think so like, mm-hmm. i don't think that's a good oh. and so then she came back with leonard skinner and simple man and we were like i mean i think me more than craig i was like yes yes yeah, do that's, that one. that's like the perfect a great song it that. was perfect yeah and they didn't dance to the whole song because it really yeah, was a long, long song yeah um but yeah they did like the maybe like the first couple minutes um, but it was so nice. And so I was really happy <laughs> that she, she decided on that one. Cause it was a lot more appropriate for yeah. the time. And also, I remember being really moved yeah. by it at your wedding. So Aww. I was like, God, what Thanks. a good song for I this know. moment. I, I, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. So, yeah. um, love you, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ronnie Van Zant wrote it. He's the main songwriter for throughout right. the discography. Right, right. Up until a certain point, which I'll tell you about. And Gary Rossington, the guitarist. Um, so they wrote it when Ronnie's grandmother and Gary's mom had passed away yeah. pretty in a short span of time. And they were just kind of reflecting on, like, the wisdom that those women imparted on them and mm-hmm. reflecting on that. And so they wrote the song. And there's an interview where they were like, we didn't really write the song. It was them. And we just, like, put it you know, Aww. weaved it together. And I, I thought like, that was kind of neat. Um, yeah. And it almost didn't even make the album when they were going to record really? it. Yeah. I, I want to say it was one of the, oh, shoot. One of the producers or someone was like, you know, sweet song, but it's not going to go on here. And they Those fought producers. for it to be, yeah, they yeah. fought for it to be on the record. And I mean, luckily they did because yeah. it's still like a huge song. 
It's and a huge I iconic know, song. Yeah. yeah, it became popular again. When did Shinedown cover it? Shinedown covered it, I think, when we yeah. were in high school, because then it got like, mm-hmm. you know, popular. They all did over a good again. cover of it too. Yeah, it sounds really good. Thought, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, and the other song, another song that I love from it is totally different vibes though. Is "Give Me Three Steps." Do you remember that song? Like, uh, give me three steps. Give me three steps. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. the song is about like, <laughs> me you know, he's going to dance with a girl and then uh-huh. a guy butts in and is like, hey, you know, like, that's my girl. What are you doing? And he, like pulls a gun on him and stuff. And oh, it's geez. like based on a true story. Um, what? They were out and uh, Ronnie Van Zant and some other guys. I don't know if it was the whole band, but they were out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't I wasn't a big dancer, but he did dance with a girl and apparently mm-hmm. that girl was in a fight with her boyfriend and mm-hmm. so when the boyfriend came in he was like hey and you know he's like whoa 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 no i did not want to fight i didn't know you're never gonna see me again like just let me leave and like yeah so they went they left and in the car mm-hmm. wrote this song and oh nice yeah i was like that's pretty cool um and then there's one part that i always think of every time i hear this song um because i remember my dad pointing it out to me a long time ago um, where mm-hmm. he's like, he's already asked him, like, you'll never see me no more. Give me three steps. Da, da, da. And it says, that, well, the crowd cleared away and I began to pray and the water fell on the floor. And I'm telling you, son, <laughs> well, it ain't no fun. And I, you know, it's one of those lyrics you kind of skip by. My dad pointed out a long, long time ago. And he was like, you know what? That line always makes me laugh because that means he peed. <laughs> and uh-huh. Like, and I, it didn't hit me. Cause I he just thought like, pants. you know, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, just like funny little thing that i always remember my dad being like it's because he peed <laughs> like, oh, okay. and um yeah so that's so another song silly. from their very first album which is like really impressive to me yeah when bands can do that Seriously. right out the gate um and we've talked about a few bands now that have done that and another yeah. fan favorite i don't think it was as big of a hit by any means um is tuesday's gone that's another good song it's i don't it's, know if i know that one I think you would recognize it. I was listening. Yeah. Like I said, I'm trying to listen to each album start to finish, which some of these bands, it's hard because there's yeah. so many and they were just pumping them out like every year. And it's like, man, yeah. it's hard to get all these in when we're trying to And some to do of them, this. I mean, they've been bands for, you know, 50 plus years. And you're like, yeah. um, I only have a week to do this. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did focus mostly on the 70s yeah. albums because of that. Um, so, yeah, so that's a good one. It's written about like kind of, being signed to a label and just how things are changing pretty much mm-hmm. but it's it's so got many a artists very, do that yeah it's got a cool we were talking about then was it thin lizzie that did that too about signing to a label um mm. and like being upset with the the label and yeah well i think um, this one is it, just like kind of ref- noticing that a certain time period of your life is gone it, or like oh, it's okay. kind of moving on it's and not quite negative it's just like a nostalgic kind of song i guess yeah oh, okay um and then their second album is another big one because this is the one that has sweet home alabama and so ah, yes i mentioned it a little a little while ago that these guys met in florida they're not from mm-hmm. alabama but mm-hmm. as you and or many people know one of the verses says well, I heard Mr. Young sing about her. Well, I heard old Neil put her down. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember. A southern man don't need him around. And mm-hmm. so very obvious that it's a reference to Neil Young. And right. the reference is because Neil Young had two songs called Southern Man and Alabama. And oh. I'm, I'm going to quote 
here so that way okay. I don't get this wrong. So from a magazine article, country, it's actually called Country from Country Living in 2017. Hmm. It says, mm-hmm. quote, and for what it's worth, Young came to regret the song that started it all. Alabama richly deserved the shot Leonard Skinner gave me with their great record, he wrote in his memoir. Um, I don't like my words when I listen to it today. They are accusatory and condescending, not fully thought out, too easy to misconstrue. And the reason is, um, so Southern Man and Alabama are both very, like, accusatory of the South and kind of lumping it all together is, like, racist and, like, you need to, like, fix this kind of thing. And so Mm. Leonard Skinner to Ronnie Van Zant kind of was like, hey – and again, there's different accounts because right, Ronnie yeah. Van Zant and uh, was like, no, no, no. I would just wanted to say like, we're not all the same. Don't paint us all in that picture in that mm-hmm. light. And then there's someone else who I think helped produce it that he was very like, oh no, we are mad. Like, like there was just different takes there's on just, it. And yeah, um, but yeah. So later on, Neil Young performed that song a medley mm-hmm. of that song with Sweet Home Alabama. And that was the last time that he played Alabama because he just wanted to distance himself from that song. Um, mm. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. interesting. So two, and, go ahead. Two things about that. Um, Sweet Home Alabama is probably Cheryl's favorite song, my mother-in-law. Mm. Um, she has tried desperately to get Craig to play, uh, <laughs> Zudust to play mm-hmm. Sweet Home Alabama or do like a, just... Like a 70s night I, or something? I guess, yeah, because um, I don't know. It wouldn't have been like one of her Kid Rock redid it. it was, yeah. Or like, <laughs> I don't think that would be <laughs> work. But yeah, she's always wanted them to play. And um, that's, I mean, it's been her ringtone for probably as mm-hmm. long as I've known her. And so that was another reason I think she chose Simple Man because it was from Leonard mm-hmm. Skinner, too. Band. So, mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, oh, is that we will, um, do a Neil Young episode probably, I mean, in the future and old man is one of my favorite songs, like of all Mm -hmm. time. I love, 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 love that song. Yeah. Look at my life. I'm a lot like you. Yeah. We'll probably use that one for like father's day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I walked down to the aisle, down the aisle to a Neil Young song. Or you guys did. No, my song was different, but we, you guys Yeah, did. yours Sorry. was Silver and Gold, wasn't it? Yeah. Or ours... Which I one did. did you... I, I, I walked down to Phil Wickham, You're Beautiful. You guys, I we had walked... you guys walk down to Neil Young, Silver and Gold. I forgot. Okay, yeah, that's right. I knew it was a wedding song. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and so in in this album, there's also another one that's like another fan favorite, and I really like it. Um, It's called The Ballad of Curtis Lowe. And it's um, just about like a young boy kind of like coming up to a, a guy on the street who's playing music. And it's supposedly or like according to like some of this stuff is just like he's kind of writing it as a tribute to um, great black blues players. Because it is about a black man like playing music mm-hmm. on the street and kind of giving them recognition like the roots of this band and or of that kind of music even. is just like there's so many people who are making great music and are never getting famous or getting the mm-hmm. recognition or anything like that. So I thought that was neat. And that that song came up a lot in, like, discussion boards that I was looking at. Um, They had a third album in 1975 called Nothing Fancy. Um, Had their same sound. It was good. But their fourth album is called Give Me Back My Bullets in 1976. And they ended up Mm. opening for the Rolling Stones in 1976. 
And something important during this year is going to be that Gary Rossington and Alan Collins, so two of the people in the original band, they each got in car crashes while under the under the influence of alcohol and or drugs. So that's going to be a little bit important in a second. Um, They both lived, but not doing well. They the band has Mm -hmm. seen fame and alcohol is becoming a huge problem as we've seen with so many bands um drugs are too but it seemed like the focus was more a little more on alcohol and just like party scene in general and this year in 1976 the lead singer ronnie van zant um had his first daughter melody Hmm. and so it was at this point Hmm. that all the other band members are like you know he they notice a change in him he's like kind of calmer he wants to settle down and you know he wants to still make music, but kind of be there for her more. Mm-hmm. And so then, this is where it's like a huge turning point for the band. All right. So their fifth album was called Street Survivors. Okay. And it was released October 17th, 1977. And that's an important date. Because three days later, there was a plane crash that killed two mm-hmm. members of the band and oh, a backup geez. singer, the pilot, the co-pilot, and the assistant road manager. So they oh were gosh. on their way from South Carolina to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But the pilot radioed that he was low on fuel and an engine gave out and the pilot panicked. And something in, and I don't know exactly how it works, but something mm-hmm. in when he's trying to shift the fuel to the other engine he accidentally dumps it out. So there's now no fuel and both engines cut out. So the plane, they're trying to, they were trying to do emergency landing somewhere else to get fuel. But now mm-hmm. that there's none, they end up trying to do like one of those belly landings. And oh, yeah. they're just going way too fast. And they end up crashing into a swamp in Mississippi. And it's nighttime at this point. So, oh. but the thing is, um, this little plane that they're in, they didn't even mm-hmm. want to get on it. But the pilots had been like, it's fine. We'll get a mechanic in the next place we land because it's they were upset with, I guess, their manager who kind mm-hmm. of like scored this little plane for them. And mm-hmm. they were like, I think he's just being cheap. And it had taken them a few places already. But there were just signs of like something's not right with it. And mm-hmm. the wives were scared and like telling them like just, you know, find a different plane or find. And they were like, it's yeah. going to be fine. And even then, um, one of the surviving members was like that Ronnie Van Zant, the lead singer, had said, just get on the plane. Like, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And <gasps> yeah, it's crazy now. And um, so the idea, one of the band members had said, we had decided the night before that we would definitely get rid of the plane in Baton Rouge, like the, at their next destination. Uh. So we started partying to celebrate the last flight on it. So they're up there like calming down because they were all like really anxious about it and apparently Mm -hmm. they were all really nervous like this seems sketchy but they they're up there and nothing's gone wrong yet so they're like Mm -hmm. playing cards and drinking and hanging out and yeah that's when that happens and so the plane crashes and ronnie van zant is immediately killed on impact from a head wound (gasps) and stephen Gaines is also killed immediately and his sister was one of the backup singers. And she's killed not immediately. She ended up bleeding out. Oh, um, the pilot, co-pilot, 
and the assistant room manager, I think, also died immediately on impact. Um, so the drummer, who was a different drummer from when they originally started, but his name is Artemis mm-hmm. Pyle, and he's got broken ribs, and he's, like, not doing well either. Like, he just barely survived a plane crash. He has to run for help because, one, a plane crash, but also, since there was no fuel, there wasn't a fire. So there's nothing to give away their location in mm-hmm. you know this swamp land and they're just like Mississippi. in a swamp yeah and At so night. he runs through the swamp in the dark and is able to get to a farmer and according to him he said that the farmer thought he was like you know coming to cause trouble mm-hmm. and so supposedly he was shot in the arm by the farmer because the farmer was what? like hey get off my land and he was like no no but that was on one of the articles none of the other articles mentioned that but on the one article oh. where from Artemis Pyle, he said that he was uh-huh. shot in the arm. But, um, yeah, but he had, like, broken ribs, and he's just, like, not doing well. Ooh. And so yeah. they end up finding a way to get help and get people out there, and there's, like, helicopters trying to help search. And it's just, like, really crazy. And, um, yeah, and so three days before that album that came out called Street Survivors, the cover of it shows seven band members. So it shows Ronnie Van Zant, the lead singer mm-hmm. who passed away, Stephen Gaines, the guitarist who passed away, and then these other members, Alan, Alan Collins, guitar, Gary Rossington, guitar, Leon, Leon Wilkinson, who played bass, Artemis Pyle, the drummer, who I just told you about, and Billy Powell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that cover, they're all standing like side by side, almost shoulder to shoulder, but not like, you know, um, mm-hmm. but they're engulfed in flames in the cover. And Stephen mm. is in the middle and he's the most covered in flames and his eyes are closed. And so once this happened... They, the, his wife especially contacts the record label and was like, I need you to change that. Like, mm-hmm. it's too uh, it's weird. Right. You know? You can't. Yeah. So yeah. they do. They agree. <clears throat> they pull it and they change mm-hmm. it to a different shot. They're all in the same outfit. So it must have been like the same little photo shoot. That's just like a different right. order of them. And it's just a black background kind of mm-hmm. out of respect for what just happened three days right. later. And Jeez. the strange thing is that album has the song That Smell. Have you heard? You, you know that song? Yes. Ooh, that smell. So I, Can't you smell I have smell? not paid attention to those lyrics. Mm-hmm. I know the chorus. I never knew the verses. Mm-hmm. And the verses are really dark. So the end of Can't You Smell That Smell is the smell of death surrounds you. And... It says, whiskey bottles and brand new cars, oak tree, you're in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you. And then it's like, ooh, that. And it, mm-hmm. it's talking about the death. And Ronnie Van Zant wrote that song because of the car crashes of the previous year from the other two band members. And uh-huh. I'm going to quote him again. I'm going to quote, it said, I had a creepy feeling things were going against us. So I thought I'd write a morbid song, he said, three months before the crash. And because oh, it's the smell of death. Yeah, Can you smell the smell of death. He he could tell, or he felt like <clears throat> mm-hmm. stuff was just working against him. And then mm-hmm. also in an interview with his father and with other band members, apparently he would say it a lot that he would tell people he doesn't think he's gonna live past thirty or live to see thirty. And oh, he would geez. always tell people that. And his mm-hmm. father was like, I don't know why he would say that. He would just always say, I'm not gonna see thirty. And mm-hmm. they would tell him, like, stop, like, don't talk like that. And that he'd go out with his boots on was the other thing that he, I guess, commonly was said to, like, out on the road and, like, you know, busy and doing what he wants to do. And so that was just, like, really crazy. But apparently there had been other things like that, like, mm-hmm. that they were, like, that kind of makes sense for Ronnie to have kind of known in a sense because 
he had kind of had feelings like that before about other weird things and um kind of like final destination and so one thing is when the family had to identify the bodies his mom didn't want to go because his mom had uh, had witnessed i think a different plane crash where nine people had died so it was just Jeez. like you know and yeah. a lot of people after the fact um some some people weren't sure if to believe it or not but um that like somebody in the band or i want to say it was like oh i think it was the wife that somebody she was like oh i don't want to go because i had a dream the plane was going to crash but that didn't come out mm. till like years later so i don't know if it's like mm-hmm. you know just kind of rewriting the history there or not yeah um so yeah, so that really obviously altered the trajectory of Leonard Skinner because their founder, pretty much, Ronnie Van Zant, was gone. Mm-hmm. And so there actually is a movie, I have not seen it yet, um, on Amazon Prime for Rent called Street Survivors, The True Story of the Leonard Skinner Plane Crash. So that's oh. on my list. I know we have a going list here of like yeah. movies and things to watch mm-hmm. and look into. Um, so the survivors, of course, and we probably heard this in other instances, not just like bands, but the survivors struggled a lot afterwards. Like, yeah, survivor's guilt. You know, yeah, for sure. So if they had problems with drugs and alcohol before, it just kind of got worse here. Hmm. Um, they took a break, obviously. And in 1979, so a couple years later, they played at um, the Charlie Daniels Jam, a show in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Florida. And so I watched it. And when they played, uh, they had the lead singer microphone just like empty and like spotlight on it and it was mm-hmm. just like ooh, I got chills when I watched the performance mm-hmm. it was really good but they all kind of having gotten back together again were like something about it felt right to be touring again and mm-hmm. like just making music I guess so they started talking about it and in 1987 so 10 years from when the plane crash originally happened so they played okay. Um, that concert two years after the crash but 10 years after the crash they ended up doing a reunion with Ronnie's brother Johnny who's his younger brother as lead singer Mm -hmm. yeah so Ronnie Ronnie and Johnny Johnny. yeah and that ended up being a huge success and Johnny had only been 16 when Ronnie died so Ronnie was 29 Johnny was 16 and I guess Johnny had kind of always looked up like wow I want to like do what he does and yeah all that and so he was i you know obviously really nervous about like is this gonna be too odd or anything but Mm -hmm. i guess the band and the dad kind of encouraged him like go for it do it like yeah like kind of honoring honoring yeah not not trying to take his place necessarily no yeah um so yeah so that tour was a huge success and they ended up releasing an album of like unreleased songs that ronnie van zant had sung on and mm-hmm. later on, there was like with, you know, technology now, like there's some songs where it sounds I don't like they're know duetting. technology now. Well, I just I'm mean like how they're doing techn- like, <laughs> okay. you know, like holograms of people. that have Yes. Passed and yes. Stuff. But I'm just saying like he was able with some songs to kind of do what sounds like a duet almost or like, you know, with oh, his brother's voice. So, OK, there's that. But um, interesting. So something interesting is so you kind of chuckled, which I did, too. Ronnie and Johnny. Yeah. So. Ronnie was the oldest, and he has another brother named Donnie Van Zant. So Ronnie, Donnie, oh, Johnny. But Donnie Van Zant is the lead singer of Thirty Eight Special. Oh, the, the hold on, hold on, yeah, yeah, that one. Don't let it go. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Because yeah. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know, I didn't that, know that. Yeah. So 
that just kind of blew my mind. What a small world. I know. Um, so at this point, Leonard Skinner is still recording or was recording music and touring and everything. They still have a show. They still have shows. Um, mm-hmm. But Gary Rossington, that original guitarist, is the last surviving original member. All the other ones have passed from different things. Um, oh, wow. But he's not touring with the band because he's had lots of heart attacks and um, has Jeez. even survived a quintuple bypass surgery. Mm-hmm. And he's quoted as saying... <laughs> He's had heart attacks on stage a lot. Like, it just <laughs> happens. And just, apparently... Well, I had another like, heart attack, guys. Yeah, his doctors for like 20 years were telling him to stop touring. And then finally, now he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to take a break. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeez. yeah. And so Rolling Stone, I this might not matter to anybody, but I just thought it was neat. Um, mm-hmm. They are number 95 on 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. So... Even though, like, their initial band was pretty short-lived, they still are, like, just so respected because of the music they made during that time. And mm-hmm. and I know they're still fans now, but I just mean, in my head, I think of them as, like, the to the 1977 point. And they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. So that brings me to our one-hit wonder. I chose Spirit in the Sky. It's about going to hey. heaven afterwards. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So by Norman Greenbaum. Yeah. So he is Jewish, but he <sighs> wrote Jesus um, or, you know, put that in the lyrics because he's, mm-hmm. he figured Jesus was more marketable. So, yeah. <laughs> but his aim. Yeah. He did a religious rock song, basically. And oh, my gosh. It was released in 1969. And it's actually rated as one of the 500 greatest songs of all time. It's like in the 300s. So mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but he'd had the music like it's a good song. kind of in his head for a while. And he was it's like, I got a friend in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The lyrics he wrote in about 15 minutes. And oh, wow. he was inspired by a greeting card with Native Americans on it in like, at like a, in a teepee. And the caption uh-huh. was Spirit in the Sky. And so he was like, that's it. Oh. And it reached number three in the U.S., on the Billboard Hot 100, and it stayed in the top 100 for 15 weeks. So, nice. yeah, it's a very like kind of uplifting song too. Yeah. When I die and I live yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You I don't want that, that one played at your of, funeral? No. I mean, it is it is an upbeat. <laughs> yeah. Could be just kind of be weird. Uh, scratch that free bird no spirit in the sky yes yeah. i just i thought it was a interesting tie-in yeah that really is and like i said i just had no no idea how tragic their story was Jeez. i know yeah um i knew the van zant name from mm-hmm. i just didn't know all that happened I guess. Uh, right yeah well and that's why I, that's just another thing i love about doing this podcast with you is that we are able to find this stuff out and hopefully retain this information. (laughs) But if not, we can always go back on Spotify or on iHeartRadio or you can find us. Because, like, I think you and I normally would have geeked out about this kind of stuff anyway. Like, well, isn't this interesting? Oh, yeah. And now we're, like, taking the time to look it up and mm-hmm. talk about it, which we would probably want to do anyway. And it's opened up a lot of conversations, mainly with like me and my mom um, 
is as I'm like looking at stuff, I'm like, oh, did you know about this? And she's like, yes, I knew about that. I'm like, well, what, like, what did you do? So like that was in 1987. You said that they, they the no, the crashed? plane crash was 1977. Oh, 77. October, my bad. So yeah. still, I mean, um, yeah, that would have been in our parents' time. Like yeah, they would have been old been enough in high to. School at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my mom would have been, like, early high school. I think mm-hmm. they're around the same age. Mm-hmm. So, but they would have known and, like, been yeah, impacted by that in some way. Sure. And so that's why I, like, I enjoy learning about this stuff and then having conversations with my parents. Like, did y'all know? And they're like, yes, we knew. And I'm like, well, what did y'all, what did y'all do? Like, how yeah. did you feel about that? And, like, did you, were you sad? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. And, or, it's just interesting, um, like, the way that certain songs live on afterwards Mm -hmm. and i don't know i think of like what would the original writers or performers of the song think of Mm -hmm. how the song is now and these songs have all like you said the shinedown cover of simple man was really good and the other ones Mm -hmm. haven't been covered too much i can't think of like a lot of covers of sweet home alabama i'm it's just always i mean there was a movie about it so yeah (laughs) but i will say like i wonder if i can kiss you anytime you know how people do the like the echoes after the chorus where it's like sweet home alabama mm-hmm. and then bama bama like bama like if, yeah if they would hate that or be like yeah cool they're like crowds making it their own or if they're like stop <laughs> or even is like there, how there's no there line dance to swim yeah. yeah i was just okay and yeah i didn't know i don't, I don't remember when we found out but i know <laughs> there was a comment by someone at a i don't know was it a wedding i don't know what i was at and they were like, oh, there's a line dance for everything now. And they're like upset about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know people would be upset about those things. But hmm, I guess there's you can get upset about anything, I guess, if you wanted to. But <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. It's all what we make it. But I do. Yeah. I have a, rem- it- a memory with your mom with this song. Uh-huh. I mean, not like just me and her or anything, but I like put the song louder or asked her to put the song louder. And she was like, oh. I forgot that you girls just like really like this song. It's so cool. And I remember, and you and I have talked about this a long time ago. I don't think on the podcast, yeah. but like some songs that are obvious to us. And I think that's obvious to everyone. Though. Oh, but yeah. But I remember being like, well, it's Sweet Home Alabama. So it's like, you know, pretty, <laughs> I mean, pretty big song. Uh, thank <laughs> you, you for being impressed. But. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, but it is so I funny when you, when you feel that way, because or like, Whenever we were talking about Scorpions and um, they were doing that, like, conspiracy theory and all that, and I was listening to the podcast and I was getting frustrated because the guy was, like, in his 40s and he was like, yeah, I never, I'd never heard of Wind of Change oh, yeah. and I didn't know that song. And I was like, everybody's heard of Wind of Change. Like, Craig has heard of Wind of Change. <laughs> he knows that song. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I don't give him enough credit. I know that Craig, has, he, he knows the stuff. He has the knowledge. But he just doesn't um, care too much. What what kind of music does Pedro listen to? Pedro listens to either like folky acoustic stuff or rap. So it's like <laughs> two different ones. But what I, was that yeah. one song? Um, was it the Snap Your Fingers song? Oh yeah, the Snap and Your Fingers. There was yeah. Oh my gosh, that was popular. And I remember there was like one time he did like some movement to it. And we just cracked up laughing. We thought it was like the funniest thing we'd ever seen. 
And I I still, whenever yeah. I hear that song, I think of Pedro. And I don't even remember what the movement was or what he did. But I was like, that's that's Pedro's song. <laughs> yeah. And oh, some... that makes me think. Do you remember when you said that guy didn't know this, the Winds of yeah. Change song? Wind of Change. And um, you we were in college and you were telling me about this guy that you were working on a group project with. And y'all started talking about music and you asked his favorite band. And he was like, oh, I don't have a favorite like of anything yeah. and he like didn't care at all and i was like everybody has a favorite how can you not have a favorite i was like blown yeah. away when you told me that i was like i mean everybody listens to something and enjoys Come something yeah. yeah i do remember that because there was i was in this group and there was this guy named luke and there was this guy named russell and we were all in the same um business class together and we were in this group project and it was funny because luke and i kind of bonded over music um mm. especially um shoot mumford and sons we both mm-hmm. really liked mumford and sons and i worked at uh ktsw 89.9 the other side of radio uh which is the texas state um radio station and it's ran by students and so i worked there all four years that i went to texas state and we played mumford and sons and so that's how luke and i kind of got to know each other and then russell we were talking to him and we're over here, like, geeking out over, like, Mumford and & Sons and music. And then Russell's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not, I don't, I don't really care. And we're like, what? <laughs> How? What do you, what do you do? What do you like? <laughs> yeah. like? You just have, you just don't care. And it was, yeah, it was kind of baffling because I'd never, I mean, even if you like bad music, at least you like music, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned something interesting about Leonard Skinner because I had not known that. And maybe now listening to some of those songs, you're, I mean, I don't want you to think of a plane crash every time by any means, but just <laughs> we hope you, you made, know a little we bit made you more. cry. <laughs> no, I mean, some of this stuff really was, yeah, really emotional to watch, I guess. Um, well, it's but, really sad the whole like premonition type thing, yeah. And, that that sort of stuff kind of freaks me out because it's For like sure. you, yeah. don't, you don't know like it's just getting a little too real. Yeah. Oh, and so when I mentioned earlier that um, Neil Young had played Sweet Home Alabama and his oh, yeah. song Alabama, it was like as a mm-hmm. tribute to Ronnie Van Zant. But I didn't want to mention the plane crash. Oh, that was after I tell you. Okay. About the plane crash. Man. So um, yeah, and then yeah. he never played that song again. So, like I said, I hope you learned something about Leonard Skinner. And if you haven't really listened to them, they're, a lot of their songs are so good. Like, there's their really popular ones, of course. But mm-hmm. give their albums, like, front-to-back listens, especially through 1977, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I they're really good. Have a really cool sound. Um, so thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next Wednesday. Until then, rock out and ramble on. Goodbye.